0: We're losing! Teamwork, guys, more teamwork. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore?
1: Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old time hockey? Piss on old time hockey. You're blowing it!
0: And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast.
1: Here's Arden Caleb. It's Wednesday, May 1st. Wow, we're into May already. 2019. Art Aronson alongside Caleb Kirby. We're back for Between the Stammers on this episode of Between the Stammers. So we're going to talk about Nikolai Goldobin. What's going on there? Is Mike Gillis really coming back to the Canucks? There's rumors out there. Also rumors of a trade with Pittsburgh for Evgeny Malkin. Uh, Thatcher Demko gets an extension. And the NHL playoffs continue. Underdogs continue to win. And a popular Canucks writer and personality passes away. I think we're going to start there. It's, it's a sad day for sure for... I think the Canuck family, Canuck fans, uh, even team members of the Canucks, and just anybody who consumes the Vancouver Canucks, right? Oh,
0: man, I feel so bad
1: for his family, too. Like, So if you haven't heard, um, Jason Botchford, uh, longtime writer for the Vancouver Canucks, beat writer, uh, passed away according to a statement uh, released by his family, uh the longtime reporter died of an apparent heart failure uh Bochford was prominent in the Vancouver area for his coverage of the National Hockey League with bylines first at the Vancouver Province followed by the Athletic Vancouver TSN radio and television uh Caleb uh, what are your thoughts when you first heard this it sucks this guy is like the nucleus of kind of Canucks news in
0: and like he makes it fun Right, it's not just beat reporting from him. He he adds personality to it. I'm a writer. I res- I've always respected his writing. I think he's the best like Canucks writer we've had in in this market. As certainly as long as I've been alive, he adds so much fun to to everything, and he's really creative and and his takes are always you know they're always something that will stir a buzz. And it like it just sucks that, even like to lose his presence. Like uh, he was just. Like, especially on Twitter, man, like, he was the nucleus of, like, everything that was happening with the Canucks on Twitter. Just with, like, the way he would spark debate, talk about it. Good guy, down to earth. Just, yeah, it's it's a huge,
1: huge loss for this market. It really is. Uh, Canucks Twitter and coverage will never be the same again after this. Uh, I was always a guy who... Uh, You know, respected Jason Botchford for the, you know, he's just a really talented writer. Talented, talented writer. Um, I criticized him for, um, you know, maybe stirring the pot when he didn't have to at times and stuff like that. But I could never argue with his passion for the Canucks. Uh, his passion for writing, and he changed coverage, the coverage of how to cover this team. He brought yeah. it into the new age, did he not? Yeah, I think? absolutely. And yeah. I mean, like, even even you're saying, like, how he stirred the pot,
0: but, like, the way he stirs his pot and sparking that debate, it's constant coverage. It's, it's always true. a conversation. Like, how many times did that happen the, even last season with Cole Dobin, right? And he always, he always did it in a way that wasn't, like, malicious. It was always fun. It was always lighthearted, like, um, I just have so much respect for his writing too. Like, there's so many reporters and so many people that would die to have that type of voice that he wrote in yeah, and that type a- of style. And like, his, his style was unique to him, right? And like, it was it was just really fun to follow along in like the Provis and the Athletis and and kind of see the way he weaved through the story of a game while also cracking jokes and and really getting the community involved, like the fans involved. Even like when it's as funny as him spotting like a Chubarov jersey, you know, in the stands and the people are sending him pictures of this guy in the stands wearing like an Artem Chubarov jersey. It's just it's devastating, man. Like he he really, really I don't know how many other markets have a writer, a reporter like this in I mean like his the podcast,
1: everything that he does, it's just Yeah it it's, sucks. It's devastating. Yeah. yeah. It's and yeah, you're right. When you look at just his writing style, it's it's kind of like if you and I were to have a conversation, and it all comes out on paper, you know, in English. It, it kind of that's what it feels like. You're talking to your buddy, and he has that ability, which you know, I so many people don't have that ability. Yeah, I you know?
0: like so many writers, even yeah. famous ones, would would die for to have that type of of unique voice and and style with the way he wrote his articles. And you know what, man? Like on t- on ten forty when he was guesting. Well, I mean, even when he's doing phoners and stuff and, and, and talking to guys like Ray, but like especially like I love listening to him listening to him wind up Pratt. Yeah. Like I loved it. <laughs> and like it, Pratt, you know, he'd just be blowing so hard and then Botchford would just come in there with like a nice slide dig. And like when those two wound each other up, man, like that that's my favorite. Canucks radio yeah. that I've heard in like the last few years. So you talked about it's a huge loss. You
1: talk about the the Pravies, what it was called, and then the Athletes, I guess, yeah. he, when he moved over. I think that that hasn't been done in any market anywhere, and I think that that people are gonna you know continue with that, and I think that'll be his legacy. The, well, well, that the way in, the way it was covered
0: that in uniting fans in a community, right? Yeah. Which is is such a massive part of it, and he. It, it feels like he just understood that. Like, he never really shut anybody down from the community when they had a take. Like, you tweet at Botchford, he'll tweet you back, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, and you even tweet at him when, like, you know, he says something and it's a hot take and you go, okay, well, I don't necessarily agree with that. Here's something. Like, to me, one time he was talking about how the media wasn't that hard on Canucks guys ever, <laughs> right? And he's like, well, I can't think of an instance when we were, like, that hard on, like, these young players and then I, I tweeted him that uh, picture of Jake Vertanen after the they lost the gold in the World Juniors, and it was, like, front page of the province, right? Like, Olympic goat. And he's like, oh, yeah, all right, you got me. <laughs> you know, that that's one time. And, I mean, that wasn't on him necessarily, but it was just for for his take. So, I mean, yeah, just huge loss. Like, great dude. I just
1: think he sucks. really aware was aware of how he was the conduit between, you know, the team and the fans. And a lot of times he was willing to ask that question in the presser that nobody else would, the the burning questions yeah. that, uh, you know, the fans want to hear. He wasn't afraid to ask that question. And, and you know what? Like, guys
0: like him and, and J-Pat too, like, you I, – I do anyways. Like, when I'm listening to Canucks pressers happening – like I'm waiting for those guys to ask the questions. Yeah. Like no offense to Kenward, I know he like works for the Canucks and stuff like that. So he's he's throwing in a couple softballs. But I like it when like a guy like Botchford or a guy like J Pat like throws in something that's a little more like you know everybody wants to know this. Like can can you answer this in a way that isn't <laughs> you, you know, know gonna like dick, spit dick vitriol yeah. or or, yeah. or be a bit of a dick move? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I
1: yeah it's just. I think between tragic man yeah, and between those two guys, Jeff Patterson and Jason Botchford, I think we were really lucky to have those two guys who kind of understood the fans and uh, yeah. understood uh, the, the new the new young fans, you well, know, I think. And they're a
0: great foil for each other too, right? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's a big, 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 I've said it I don't know how many times already, it's a huge loss. Yeah. It, it sucks.
1: Uh, I also loved him when he was, yeah, filling in the morning show. I think he was even part of the morning show on Team Radio when it used to be Team Radio, and he'd be on there with uh, Scott Rintoul, and they'd... They talk about the littlest hobo, and that was another thing. Botchford, like, he was in tune with all of the, you know, all the stuff us young people like, yeah. I guess, you know, all the pop culture and stuff yeah. like that. And, and he was see able that to reference that. Yeah, you'd he see would... that in his writing yeah. for sure. And, yeah, there's uh, – and this is nothing against other reporters in the Canuck market, but I, f- I felt like he was able to connect fans uh, that way with pop culture and the team and everything like that, which is a real skill.
0: I, I, I just think it's it speaks to the creativity in his writing. Yeah. And 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 his unique voice and and his his um, ability to welcome people in, like welcome to the fanmanship. And you know, man, like Canucks, it's their fiftieth this year. I'm a diehard Canucks fan. Like I, he, he, uh, like a week ago, he he tweeted, he's like, oh, okay, I'm finally on team playoffs. I just like I I hope the Canucks win a cup for him this year as well. Like
1: ah. Uh. Yeah, this is this is really sad stuff, and I feel uh, obviously bad for Canucks fans. But man, the family that he has too—he's got three young kids and a wife. It's man, and it 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 makes you think too, you know. Like he's only he was only forty-eight years old. Yeah, I mean,
0: we got guys in this building that are doing their thing constantly. That that are around his age, and you know, like they're young dudes. Yeah, they're and they're dudes. You know.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also a lesson, and like if you have. Um, you know something you enjoy like reading his work and stuff like enjoy it you know like yeah you know in the moment be a little more in the moment because it could end at any time so yeah yeah Jason Botchford uh, dead at 48 uh, we're gonna miss him big time here in the Canuck market and um, I don't know who's gonna be able to step up and be that type of guy but it's like he's 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 one and I'll you know I don't know how many. He's right? one of a kind, man. Like
0: yeah. I, I, I honestly don't think there's too many guys writing like that yeah. in 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 any sporting um, market.
1: Yeah, everybody in Canucksland have been tweeting their condolences as well. Even Francesco Accolini giving condolences to the family. Uh, Canucks PR tweeting about it. Uh, Elias Patterson even tweeting. I'm deeply saddened to hear the news of Jason Botsford's passing. A true professional and kind man. My heartfelt condolences to his family. So. You know this is felt everywhere everywhere so yeah it's uh it's really sad so this between the stammers uh is going to be dedicated to uh our man jason botchford botch as we uh all got to uh know him as yeah yeah
0: even think of the nicknames that he's created yeah like in this market like he's such a driving
1: force for all of this stuff I think the flow can be attributed to him, isn't it?
0: I think it's yeah. yeah. Well, he he. I don't know if he created it initially, but he sure got it going. Yeah. Same with Goldie, right? Like yeah. all these things are are very him. Yeah. And
1: and it sucks. It really does suck. Um, but the show must go on here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and I haven't read anything that Botch has written about this, but I, I'm guessing he would have something to say if he uh, heard rumors about uh, Mike Gillis coming back to the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. What, what did you think when you heard these rumors about Mike Gillis? Uh, would this be time for him to come back? Or well, did you think this was just thrown out there in the wind?
0: Well, I mean, last week we, we were talking about it with Dean Lombardi, right? Yeah. And then we had that weird thing out of the woodwork where Francesco comes out and he's like, I've never talked to him, I've never done anything of this, anything like this, reached out to Lombardi whatsoever. And I was, I was just like, okay, this is out of left field. I don't really get this, right? But lately, you've heard a lot of Gillis kind of talking about uh, like almost like a post-mortem on his time in Vancouver and what he he felt like he accomplished well, what he thought he could have done differently. So a lot of people, he's 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 been in the back of a lot of people's minds since he kind of did those interviews. Um, he so, was, to, so to hear this is is weird.
1: Yeah, it's it's really
0: bizarre,
1: right? Uh, when I look at it from a hockey point stand of view, uh, you know, team operations standpoint, I think you know it it could look like a match made in heaven. You had Mike Gillis looking after the team operations, and you had Jim Benny just looking after. You know, the player side of it and those, uh, you know, drafting and all the, you know, player movement and all that sort of thing. I kind of look at it and be like, oh, you know, and maybe Gillis learned a few lessons, and he has when he talked when he was talking in post. Well, post-mortem. It sounded like it, yeah. Right? yeah. So it, it is interesting. And then, of course, uh, Francesco Accolini uh, yesterday. I think. Well, came I don't out know why you say of it.
0: course. Like I wasn't expecting him to come out and, and, and shut this down as hard as he did with Lombardi. But that's I his know, thing.
1: That, that's his I, thing now. I, well,
0: I guess so. And I found it <laughs> hilarious, right? I found it super funny to see that tweet, man. Like. If this is what's going to happen from now on whenever like rumors and reports come up about like ownership, um management, uh coaching, anything like this. If he comes in here and just keeps doing this, I I'm going to find it really really funny. Like it these these I mean it's off season, right? There's yeah. not as much to talk about and yeah. we hear these swirling rumors, but like going back to last week, that Lombardi thing was reported by four different guys. Yeah. Right? This, I think, was only, from what I've seen, it was only, like, one guy who was saying it. But, like, he was so on top of it again to be like, no, I didn't have these conversations. And 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 just seeing the, the storm that erupts underneath that being like, oh, well, you said that about last week and all this sort of stuff. Why are you doing this again? Some people are like, yeah, we don't want Gils back at all. Other people are like, no, he should come back. He's great. But, like, wherever you stand...
1: This type of move as an owner, I've never seen anything like this. It's interesting how Gillis went out, too. He still had a few years left on his contract, and they had to buy him out. And there was a lot of rumors at that time that ownership had their hands all over everything that was going on. Player movement, you know, John John Tortorella coming in. You know, there was a lot of those rumors, so... And he hasn't really, uh, and I've li- I haven't have listened to all of Mike Gillis because he's been on the radio quite a bit yeah, of yes. late. And I don't think he's really addressed those rumors. He hasn't talked bad about ownership nope. or anything like that. So it's interesting.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like, like to your point about how you think it could, it could potentially be a match made in heaven, he is a pretty heavy analytics guy. And he did yeah. some things that other markets have adapted. He was a little bit ahead of the curve. On, on a few things, but, like, when you look back at the history, for, for this is just me talking now yeah. um, and, and my bias. Nine no-trade clauses on a team, right. right? Nobody in the draft system a- adding pieces without kind of considering the future. And I know he's probably learned from that a little bit, yeah. but, like, to me, there's a reason why he hasn't gone anywhere else. Right. I'm sure part of that was because he was getting out of it. He was probably tired, had those years left on his contract, whatever.
1: He wasn't good right? with the media either. Yeah, he he
0: could be a little prickly by the yeah. well by the end of it. But yeah. I mean by the end the wheels had fallen off the bus. So it's it's probably a little hard to to deal with those types of questions. Yeah. I know you still gotta be a pro about it, but like you're pr- probably pretty passionate about what you did too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I I I don't know if I'd want him back. I think there's 10 tons of other guys out there that like, I mean, we, he wasn't gone that long ago. Like to me, it it just
1: seems like it's too
0: soon. It's too soon.
1: If you're going to open that
0: door back up. Right.
1: Yeah. Do, Do you think, and I think I asked you this question perhaps on the last podcast, but do the Canucks really need a vice president of operations? Do you think they need someone else there? I don't think so right now. Right. And I think maybe people are hesitant to go in there as well to see the way Trevor Linden got axed out, even though we don't know exactly what happened there. But I'm pretty sure Aquilini, you know, pushed him out. That's the that's like that hearsay part of that
0: Lombardi report saying that he didn't want to go there because of that. Right. But who, who really knows with all this sort of stuff? It's all hearsay um, at this point. It is kind of hearsay at this yeah. point. I mean, you're 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 a believer of where there's smoke there's fire. I Do. Um and I I believe that sometimes, I guess. But yeah. um I don't think they need a new president right now. I mean, it, if if Benning doesn't get re-upped and they move him out, then yeah, maybe consider it. Maybe consider how you're going to work from the top down, right? Owner, president, GM, coach. But I mean, that's that's kind of how it always falls. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Speaking of rumors, Nikolai Goldobin. Yeah, we can't we
0: can't go a week without talking about Nikolai Goldobin. We
1: can't escape it's, this it's guy. It's insane. Yeah. So I guess uh, we're hearing rumors that maybe he'll bolt off to the K- KHL. Apparently, he's got a new agent here. Well, we heard rumors of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, those have been denied. Those have been denied. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his three-year entry-level contract is up. Canucks uh, obviously will haven't uh talked about any sort of extension or heard anything like that um what are they going to do with this guy i uh do, do you believe that he's a guy who would take off for russia you see that happening i don't know i i don't really
0: believe it to be honest i i, I just think it's a talking point we always hear this about every russian player yeah. in the offseason yeah oh is he going to go back to russia is he going to yeah. do this when is this going to stop why is it only Russia? I know they have the KHL, but why is it only Russia that that these players they do this this bold thing? I like for me Goldobin I like I thought he said the right things at the end of the year. I think if he goes and he applies those things and and comes back, he has a chance to keep doing what he's doing. He's still he's not as young as some of the other guys, but he's still young. Right? And um he's got a new agent which I think might have I, – I like what his agent did He and uh, right away and came out and just kiboshed all this and said he wants to come back to the Canucks. I thought that was a really good move, mm-hmm. you know, rather than – I guess it's kind of villainizing him if it, if it makes it sound like
1: he's going to go out and, and do that. Canucks but, fans are sensitive to this sort of thing. We though. are sensitive to this. Yeah. yeah, We're sensitive to everything, though. Yeah, it's true. After Nikita, <laughs> you know, uh, Triumpkin left too, yeah. right, this – obviously that's where all of this well yeah and you've
0: always heard that there's a some sort of connection there i don't know how how big that is either of, of, of their friendship or getting to know each other but like goldie goldie seems like he likes it here right like he seems like he likes pd um like outside of hey ha- outside of being on the ice with him hanging out with some of the boys doing that stuff it seems like he's been patient he hasn't really um throwing any tantrums or anything like that during the season when he was getting scratched. He was always saying the right things. Like, I mean, I'm sure it probably bugged him. Oh, of course. But I I think he handled everything like a pro, and I think he'll continue to
1: do so. You know what? I'd love to hear him uh i don't know a bunch of other players in the back of an uber talking about uh travis green and (laughs) and having it being recorded getting these ubers mic'd up yeah that's what that's what i'd like to hear to see how he really feels about some of these uh you know some of these tongue lashings he's been getting from head coach uh, travis green that's the thing though i
0: mean if that stuff gets out (laughs) right it's just the biggest shit storm of all time yeah Absolutely. You know, it's, it was funny to hear Sean Avery talk about that Uber situation, right? Like Sean Avery, former New he's York like, Ranger, he's LAK, way worse. outspoken LA guy. <laughs> and he, he, when, when he's in that uh, video of getting to know Sean Avery with Paul Brissonette, he's talking about the Uber um, video that leaked mm-hmm. from Ottawa when they're in Arizona in that Uber. And he said it was, he's like, that is the tamest shit. Like it, it those guys are saints. Like it's not even <laughs> close that, <laughs> And he's like most guys when they're in the backs of the Uber, they're not really talking about hockey anyways. Yeah. You know, but um it's funny. Yeah, it was it was really funny.
1: Uh that's why I threw that out there. Uh gut gut instinct is Goldobin on this team next year. Um Yeah, I mean he's not, I, I
0: I don't see the Canucks I don't see the Canucks going out of their way to move him. He's an RFA. Yeah. I'd keep him, I'd give him a show me. Yeah, show me what you can do. They've given it to other guys. Granlin's gotten a show me what you can do. Yeah, like why wouldn't you give it to Gold Goldobin? Yeah, right. I don't know me, if he's. I don't know if he's making it, making it, and if he's going to stick. I'd get. I'd give him a show me you can what you can do
1: contract. Okay. If it were me, I think I'd, I'd, I'd axe. Yeah, you You're doing yes. a scissor motion while you're yeah. saying axe. <laughs> 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 I'd cut, 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 cut. Okay. Along with Granny too, by the way.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. It's just
1: two spots that I think uh, we know. We know it's. I don't think it's going to get any better. I,
0: I think we, we yeah. know what Granny is as a player for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, to me, he's a depth guy who's probably going to be sitting out games most of the year, anyways, if they do keep him. But. Goldobin, I think he still has an opportunity, and it, it sounds like the Canucks are giving him, him the opportunity to come back and show him what he can do. Yeah, so I'm I'm pulling for him. I'm rooting for him.
1: Yeah, uh, to a player who will be here next year for sure. The Vancouver Canucks signed goalie Thatcher Demko to a two-year extension. Uh, he's going to get 1.05 million. So a little bit of a increase from the league minimum there. Demko, uh, he's 23, appeared in nine NHL games this season, posted a 4-3-1 record with a nine thirteen 13 save percentage and a 2.81 goals against average. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. I love everything about it. Yeah. It's a show-me deal too. It is a show-me
0: deal. Yeah. It's a show-me deal on a dude who has had a bit of an iffy history with um injuries and that sort of stuff. So And and I think Thatcher will battle beyond that and be a really good goalie for this team in the future.
1: I'm pumped. I love this deal. I think it's great. It's amazing how good our goaltending situation looks right now, right? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and we've talked about it before on this podcast, but though uh, we we thought after the Corey Schneider-Roberto Luongo fiasco that goaltending was going to be a serious issue for this club for years to come.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, even losing a guy like Miller, even though he's kind of at the twilight of of his career after
1: that i was you know biting my nails being like what are we doing in net you know what that's another thing that uh, maybe jim benning should get more credit for the fact that bringing in ryan miller which gave jacob markstrom an opportunity to you know become the guy that we want him to be that he is right now don't you think a little bit i yeah. mean when
0: everybody talked about their favorite player like when players talked about their favorite player on that team at the time like, most interesting guy they'd want to go out for dinner with. Like, guy they looked up to. Everybody mentioned Miller in, like, the highest esteem. And I, I've always liked Ryan Miller. I think he's, like, a, a true, like, scholar of the game. Like, I, I always found it amazing when people would ask him specific questions and he'd be like, oh, yeah, this time in the third period, this is what I was thinking. This is why I made that move over there. Like, he's really analytical in that sense. And I, I appreciate that about him. He's 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 a thoughtful dude like in every
1: single thing that he does yeah so i i'm, I'm just uh proclaiming here that yeah. uh that uh, jim benning might uh, get a few more props for what he's been able to do with the goaltending well if,
0: if a guy like markstrom is able to learn from that or take any of those habits into his game which he he i'm not saying he did but he might have and, yeah. and and grew as
1: a goaltender that's awesome we want thatcher demko to be you know the next Corey schneider we want him to be able to challenge for that number one goaltending spot, and this is a great deal to show if he can. Yeah, uh, Jacob Markstrom, we don't—they don't have a contact extension for him yet. Yeah, maybe that happens. I don't know, but this creates quite yeah. a it's, challenge in net. It's always positive when your backup's pushing. Yeah, it's always a positive. Yeah, yeah, and you know, goaltending is really the most important position on a team. You bet, and uh, you know. That's uh, that can't be uh, can't be understated. So. Trying to keep those pucks out of the net, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Thatcher Demko uh, extension there. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, the NHL playoffs continue. Caleb Kirby. Uh, I think we should just talk about the Carolina Hurricanes. Like this is a crazy run by this team. Yeah. Like they're just running rough shot here. They beat the defending champion Capitals. Game seven overtime, epic game. Yep. You know, and Washington, they're like, yeah, they're not the same team as they were last year, but they were a mean piece of business still, yep. right? Absolutely. And here they are taking on a New York Islanders team which wiped the floor with the Pittsburgh Penguins, yep. and they've won two games. Although things change a little bit here, Peter Muratzik, who's been fantastic in this playoffs, he's out with an injury. Is he? Is he confirmed out? He's confirmed oh. out for this next game. That's Curtis McIlrenny yeah. Yeah, uh, who I've yelled at many times at Rogers Arena, <laughs> telling him to go back to the Abbotsford for heat, <laughs> calling him an AHL goalie. Yeah. Here he is, going to be uh, the starter for these next game. Uh, what do you like about the Carolina Hurricanes? I like how plucky they are. They're plucky. They're fast. They're not
0: scared to mix it up. They're like Justin Williams is Justin Williams, and he's, he's doing Justin Williams things. Jordan Stahl has... Kind of like reemerged as a guy that you just want on your team. Protects the puck so well. He's and looked then
1: really good. That
0: <laughs> that D man. That D is so good. Like Jacob Slavin yeah. is awesome. He is good. He's so fun to watch. Yeah, I like. I I like everything that they're doing. They they shoot like they always shoot. Hey, yeah. it doesn't matter where they are on the ice. They just hmm. rip the puck. Like whenever they have a chance to get a shot on a goalie, they rip the shot and then they just crash the net for rebounds. To me, that's playoff hockey. I like. I love it. Yeah. Aho's a very skilled guy. Teravainen and, and him together is just, oh, yeah, yeah. They've been so fun to watch, man. It's just the injuries are piling up now.
1: Yeah, which happens in the playoffs. You know? It happens, and
0: and that's that's the scary thing. And I, I do kind of feel a little bit bad for Islander fans because, like, that last game, how many posts did they hit?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like they definitely got some luck. Yeah, you and, have to. And,
0: and now it's back in Carolina. Carolina's at home. Oh, that's that's gonna be a tough building to play in, man, for the Islanders. It is it's gonna be tough what for about sure. you? What do you like about the uh the hurricanes?
1: Uh well, like you said, Jordan Stahl there. I'm loving it. Uh, he's he's stall playoff boy again, you yeah. know. Um we don't have Eric Stahl in the playoffs, but it's nice and we don't have Mark Stahl in the playoffs. It's just <laughs> nice to have a stall back in the playoffs, right? I uh I'm digging that. Uh Fogle as well, McLovin there. Oh, McLovin's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of those guys who shoots all the time. Yeah, shoots all the time. Uh, yeah, they're fun. They're uh, and the fans getting into it there as well. Yeah, uh, that team has been you know debunked of any playoff love over 10 years a long time. yeah they, they, they,
0: it's like it's it's carolina doesn't make the playoffs that often but when they do <laughs> they go on a fucking run they go on a fucking run. And, and it's just like it's this is the third time that they've done it yeah you know they, they love going on a good run
1: yeah they're a lot of fun yeah uh how about the other series that's been going on we got uh if you uh, on the west side uh take a look at that st louis uh dallas series which continues tonight i don't know if you saw the last game the uh, game three. I caught the third period. It was exciting. Mm-hmm. The third period was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Like, they were they were scoring. Like, Ben Bishop, make a fucking save, man. Yeah. Like, seriously, they would have won that game they if he should had made have, a save. They
0: should have won that game. Yeah.
1: But, Essel and Del, okay, yeah, what are yeah. you doing? <laughs> yeah, okay, so this has been making its rounds around the NHL. Essel and Dell and his, uh, was it Jaden Schwartz that was cross-checking? some. I don't know. It was one of the blue it players. Was, I thought it was per was it Pareco? Or maybe it was Pareco Doesn't Pareko? Yeah.
0: Anyways, I I saw Maroon going at him for a while too. Yeah, Maroon. And it yeah, was like yeah. every time he was getting hit, he. F- it was before, like it was before any contact was initiated. He was flopping like a fish. Yeah, like the worst, like soccer style. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's uh, some bad embellishment, or is it uh, gamesmanship? Or-
0: well, well, it, no, it's not gamesmanship.
1: <laughs> it shouldn't be in the game. It's embarrassing.
0: That's soccer but, stuff. But, like, or, yeah. the, thing, the thing was is it cost the team. It cost them on the last goal. Yeah. Maroon was the guy in the front of the net who scored. He went, he bumped Lindell. Lindell flopped, and the puck comes around the net. Maroon jars it. Yeah. Right? So you get what you get
1: for em- embellishing. Bishop should have stopped it though too. Yeah, I mean, he did not, not cut down the he angle. He was way too far in there. Yeah, he net. did not cut yeah. down the angle at all. Yeah. Like that's that shouldn't have gone in. I was like, "Bishop, you've been so great all year and in the playoffs and here you are blowing it." It
0: sucks cuz I like aside from the flopping, I really like SL Lindell's game. Yeah. Like I, I they're like I mean Clinberg, Lindell, Heiskanen, they're all just they're good. super fun to watch guys. Yeah. Man, the Blues. Yes. Not that fun. To watch your style of hockey, they remind me of the 2003 Devils. Yeah, you were uh, to- tweeting about this, Larry Robinson. Larry Robinson's up in the press box. You know, <laughs> and I'm sure like that Larry influence from from those Devils teams have kind of poured down onto this team, and it's just like it just like they play. They don't play like run and gun, uh, trading chance type hockey. It's very defensively structured and it- very structured. Yeah unless the Stars blow the game open and and the Blues are trying to play catch-up, you can get some pretty vanilla games from time to time.
1: Yeah, but you know who they do have, which I fucking love. Yeah, Tarasenko. Right Teres- Vladimir Tarasenko, every time yeah. that guy fucking touches the he's puck. Like, he's like the Bobby Holik of that Devils team. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> That's mean.
0: That is mean. No, he's not like that at all. Bobby Holik.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think of what are the offensive players they had on that they Devils had Go- team. They had Gomez. Yeah, Gomez, uh, um, Gionta, Eliash. Yeah. Yeah, those are those guys are pretty good offensive players, but yeah. I, I I wouldn't compare any of those to Tarasenko. No, I would. Tarasenko either. is he's he's elite, man. Yeah, he's uh, I I'm just trying to compare him to another player. I don't know. Every time he touches the puck, though, he's so strong on his skates. You, you can't know, knock it off. He them. reminds
0: me of a of a cross between Ovechkin and Crosby. Oh, he doesn't guy. have the playmaking skills that yeah. Crosby has, but he protects the puck like Crosby does. He sure does. And then, like he can rip the puck like Ovechkin. He kind of he's reminds, got he's
1: got good vision. You know who he reminds way. me of actually, Marcus Naslund. Yeah, that's kind of who he reminds me of. That's pretty fair. Yeah, he's got that lethal shot. Yeah, um, I don't.
0: Yeah, I don't know if Naslund did the things down low that Tarasenko can do, yeah. but
1: yeah, yeah, and I think Naslund probably a little bit better of a playmaker. Yeah. But uh, Tarasenko, I just – I love watching. Every time they he gets to puck on a stick on that power play, fucking look out. There's well, a good chance it's going it's the to the back only of the only time
0: when the Blues are playing that it's exciting.
1: <laughs> well, him and Jaden Schwartz, they have some fun. They're, 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 they're good. And Alex Petrangelo is good. Good really to actually good.
0: see Schwartz come alive because in that first round there, he was dead to the world
1: until uh, those last two games. And I think he's just starting to get his game back mm-hmm. too because he missed a lot of last year yeah. and he's had injury problems, but he's looking like that guy who – Uh, had that breakout year a couple years ago. So uh, there's the Blues for you. Uh, uh, Let's go to the the Western Conference uh, semifinal as well. You got a game uh, last night. The San Jose Sharks have a 2-1 series lead over the Colorado Avalanche. Speaking of gaming right now, Logan Couture is on fire. Hat trick in the the win. I used to call that guy the poor
0: man's Crosby. (laughs) I I can't even call him the poor man's Crosby anymore. He's just... He's clutch. He's, he's coming up clutch. Like, he's coming up clutch, and he's leading the team. And Pavelski's not around, yeah. and he's like, he's just completely grabbed that leadership by the reins. I mean, he's missing that tooth now too. He's just like, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: loving what he's doing. Yeah, it's interesting because Pavelski's the number one center on the team, right? Yeah. And he takes a lot of those minutes, and all, uh, now Logan Couture is getting those minutes, and he's he's a very He's a very good player in his own Big right.
0: Big goals too. Yeah. The biggest goals so far. So he's scored like I think 3 or 4 of the biggest goals in the playoffs already. Yeah. Like just massive massive like momentum swinging goals. This if, seems- if 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 they make it to to the finals and I mean like we still got a long road ahead of us but like even for what he's done so far like he's in that contention,
1: right? For yeah, for yeah. the um for the Smythe trophy. Yeah. For sure. Uh the Colorado Avalanche, they're a fun team to watch. Oh, yeah. Very fun team. This is a good fucking series. Yes. It is. Like It's awesome. Like, every single shift, I think, is fun watching.
0: Yeah, and it's like the goaltenders on both sides, yeah. like, I feel like they're playing a little bit above their pay grade, but they can kind of both, like, rear their ugly heads as, like, a bad goal from, from time to time or whatever. I think they've both been very good. Um, but, like, <laughs> yeah. With the firepower on both of these teams, you don't know what's going to happen. And and they're both really good at transitional hockey, but I think San Jose has really tightened up. And I think part of it is having to do with Vlasic getting back in the lineup, but I think they've really tightened up that D. And, and I mean, watching Colorado get stymied trying to enter that zone after um, San Jose retook that lead, yeah. it, was, it was tough. They couldn't gain a clean entry.
1: That that he, there's a really good coach on the San Jose side. Pete DeBoer is yeah. he's, he's top-notch coaching. I agree. So, and here he is going against uh, Bednar who's kind of like a like he's he's unproven in the playoffs, right? Yeah. So that's that's an interesting Best coaching here in the Chell, though, hey? Yeah, it's nice. It's all tight, and slick back. It's uh he's the new Mark Crawford. <laughs> right? The crow, he had the greatest uh, he had the greatest hair He was in Colorado when he had the great hair. Mm, interesting. Brought we were going to see Mark Crawford back in the NHL. As a head coach, I he, want to see. Is it. he allowed to be a head coach? Well, I mean, he was. He's been. In the, he was the interim head coach there yeah. at the end for the uh for the Senators sense. there. Yeah. So. I'm just wondering if that's a thing. It might be a thing. Yeah. yeah. I feel like he, if anybody deserves a second chance, so, I mean. Yeah. Why not? Why I mean, not, that's right? still
0: where like some of that avalanche resentment like sits deep inside of me is from those days yeah. of like those Canucks Avalanche rivalries. So it's really hard for me to pick a team to cheer for in this series because it's like the Sharks are kicking the shit out, out of us nowadays in our division mm-hmm. but those Avs like those days of like Deadmarsh Forsberg and Sackick and Hayduke and like all those foot Lemieux all those guys like ugh, just ugh, I
1: yeah, couldn't I stand that team yeah uh yeah, and yeah, I, I agree with you. I can't, I couldn't, I can never cheer for the Colorado Avalanche, and I understand your unwillingness to cheer for the San Jose Sharks now that they're absolutely bullying the uh, the Canucks here. Uh, the other series that's going on right now, also very interesting: the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Boston Bruins. Columbus has a two-one series lead. You see that chicken shit shot that Marchand threw down? Nope. Doesn't surprise me.
0: Doesn't surprise anyone. It's just like. I, I, that to me is gamesmanship, but man. it's just like, come on, man. I know what he's trying to do. I know he's trying to get those guys fired up to hate him, get their get their minds off the game and go after him. And, like, I think he's really good at it. But, like, in the back of the fucking head, you know, if you're going to do something cheap, at least do it to the guy's face. Don't do it the back of the fucking head.
1: Yeah, Sean really? Avery would do it to the face.
0: Yeah, get in the, <laughs> guy's, get in the guy's fucking face if you're going to throw a cheap shot or something like that. But getting in behind, it's such it's such chicken shit bullshit. Pisses me off. And, like, this is like a top 10 fucking player in the league. Like, Brad Marchand is a top 10 player in this league. I don't think it's debatable. He is. Right? Yeah. And, like, it's an extra facet to his game. But you're so good, dude, that you don't need to be fucking doing that type of shit. I know people think you're tough people respect you and your game in other ways if you're gonna be an asshole be a direct asshole
1: yeah I, I think it is the gamesmanship part of it though oh for the sure Bruins have a way of getting in your head yeah and he's one of those guys and he maybe he crosses the line he does he cross does cross the, cross the line. line yeah so this is an and example I, of that I, and and like I don't think that moves
0: is su- suspendable I heard guys talking oh yeah he should be suspended for that i don't think he should, should be suspended for that it's just i just think he's got move. like yeah it's a chicken shit move yeah if you're gonna do it knuckle up and be a man about it yeah, yeah. right uh, i do still think though like they're down
1: two one yeah. i still think they're gonna win that you series still, you still think they're yeah. gonna win uh going through the play we went through all the series here uh who do you think makes it through to the conference final on both sides have you changed your mind at all on any of these uh uh these these series I'm, I'm still with Boston. Yeah. I'm still with Carolina. Yeah.
0: Um, and on the West? And on the West, I have no idea who's coming out of San Jose in Colorado. Yeah. I think St. Louis is coming out of yeah. the Dallas series. Yeah. As much as that bugs me because I don't want to watch that boring shit hockey when they're in the lead.
1: Totally, man. And the Stars are actually fun to watch. Like Yeah, you they're said. fun. Yeah, the, the defense is really good, and yeah. you got... Those studs up front. So yeah. I'm hoping Dallas finds a way to get through. Ben that.
0: Bishop's like nine feet tall, twenty feet wide, and he like he's got to figure out how to make a clutch save from time to time. He does, and he's a Vesna finalist for the year. He had a great year. I blame
1: him for their loss, that last loss. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So hopefully they can come back and win, uh, win that series. Because yeah, fuck, fuck the St. Louis Blues. We've said that many times in this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> can cheer for that team i won't and yeah and the way they are playing this style of hockey right now get out of here man um and i i i think the sharks are going to make it through so i'm going to continue with that okay and uh i i i just have a feeling that that columbus is going to pull this out i just i Do don't you? know what, yeah i just i feel like they're on the run right now uh, so Can you I'm gonna... imagine if
0: Torts wins a cup with Columbus? <laughs> Kekelein <laughs> wins a cup with Columbus. Yeah. All these moves and everything. like yeah. Winning cures everything. Do you think like Bobrovsky and Panarin would be like, fuck it, we out? Or do you think they'd, they'd yeah. hang out? It's a good
1: question. You know, Duchesne there, Zingle there, right? Can you imagine an Eastern Conference final, Columbus versus Carolina? That's a market killer. That's a that market is. killer. For, for TV ratings? <laughs> yeah. And then in the West... It's great for those markets. It's great for those
0: local markets. Yeah. But, yeah, like...
1: What if Colorado and St. Louis win? Like, another market killer. Yeah. Right? Like, the NHL is just hoping, hoping, you know, Boston makes it through. Dallas makes it through. Yeah. Like, it's... Those bigger cities. Yeah. This is what happens when all the dogs win, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bennington, man, like... You got to give it to him, too, right? He's still not the fucking rookie of the year. No. By the way, this past week, the uh, the Calder Trophy finalists were announced. Yep. Yeah, and uh, Bennington and uh, Elias Patterson uh, were at the top of that class. Yeah, and Darlene. And Darlene. Yeah. Which, I'll, what about Heiskenen? Fuck Fuck
0: Darlene? He had a good season though.
1: Yeah. On that Buffalo team. Yeah. But Heiskin, you, you watching. Could, you can make, an, this argument make yeah. an argument for Heisken in. I'd make an argument for Heisken in over Bennington. Bennington. Yeah. 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 I think our boy still should win it. Oh yeah. Hondo P. Yeah. yeah. We're not, you know, biased or anything on this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, we see we've seen what he's done to this market. And yeah. Uh, yeah, he had kind of a slow end of the season, but come on. Come on, man. Give it to our man Petey. Uh there was one other piece of rumor I wanted to throw out at it at Chew. Of Jenny Malkin to the Vancouver Canucks. We didn't even talk about that before when we were going in the Canucks. I forgot. Yeah, well, this
0: is like a hockey buzz rumor.
1: Yeah. Right? So, I mean, take it with a
0: grain of salt. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're talking about how the Canucks are. What would you like, have to give up? Big would have game game to be hunting for Malkin, I don't want fucking Malkin on this team. I hate that guy. I do. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's one of my least favorite players in the NHL and he yeah. disappears during the
1: playoffs. That's yeah. the opposite of what we need. Well, I will say he was pretty good that one year he won the one cup. One year, smite. yeah, one year. <laughs> yeah. That uh, the second year they won that cup there. I uh I just yeah, I don't think he'd be a fit in this market. I just do not. No. And he's getting older. He's getting older. He's got a lot of miles on him. Yeah. Uh what would you have to give up for him too, right? Yeah. A lot. Yeah. And yes, Pitt's, this is also born out of the fact that Pittsburgh is going to have cap problems here, yep. or has cap problems, right? Uh, if you and that team but has that's a real saying, decision to make. That's what
0: they're saying is that Pittsburgh might be willing to eat part of right. Malkin's contract to get Malkin out of there. Yeah,
1: because you look at that team right now; they're at a crossroads right now. Yeah, like the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't been. want
0: them to blow it up because I want them to be shitty for years. I want them to make those dances and get knocked out of the first round for like three or four more years. Watch all these players pass their prime, and I'm just sitting there like eating popcorn. Being like, hey, 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 another first round Pittsburgh Penguin bounce, and then after all the fans and everybody have already been saying blow it up for four years, then I want management to blow it up.
1: Yeah, I've been reading right? a little bit of Pittsburgh Twitter there, and yeah. they're they're at a crossroads. Dude. Oh, 100%. Did they like surround Crosby and Malkin with? Other players to try to prolong this run they're, go- yes. they're on, or yes. Yes. make the wrong move. <laughs> Give them no trade clauses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there in Pittsburgh. No, no, if Jenny Malkin to Vancouver. Fuck that shit. Yeah, I don't want to see it. Yeah, I don't want to see it. Uh, there's also another rumor out there floating I saw today on Barstool Sports. I don't know if you saw this, but Barstool. Barstool. Uh, another Russian, the Magic Man, maybe making a return to Detroit. Pavel Datsyuk, Pav, really yeah I don't know if you saw this but I his uh, he's done playing for that team out there that he was playing for in the, the KHL something Moscow something I don't know yeah something Russian Moscow and uh, he still has hockey left in him and Stevie wise back in Detroit they say it could be a match made in heaven that's <laughs> interesting I want the Magic Man back in the NHL, man.
0: I think that's interesting, but I'm also, I don't know.
1: I don't care what it means for Detroit. I don't I know just how much gas in
0: the tank that guy has left. You know, when he when he when he left Detroit, he looked like he was
1: finished, I thought. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I saw him in the Olympics there for that Russian team. Yeah, but he that's different, good. right? That's yeah. bigger ice. His team won in the KHL, his team won the
0: championship as I mean, well. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. the the K is another thing. I don't put much stock, in the, put K. Much stock in the You don't put much stock in that. Not too much. No. It's a great league. Yeah. But it's not the NHL. There's some good
1: players in that. Fuck, league. Did
0: you hear what Brian Burke was talking about the other night on to the point, talking about extending the rink? But like not to Olympic ice size, uh, width wise, not lengthwise. Mm. So he's like, "Oh yeah, they got it. the NHL needs to change the dimensions of the rink."
1: No, if anything, you got to do it length, not width. Fuck width, because right? that's when you just get more coaching. You get more standing in front of the net, and you know the zone play in the net. No, fuck that.
0: No, that's it, a bad you idea. don't just
1: leave it alone. Yeah, it's been like this for hundreds of years. Yeah. Well. Sometimes and I've had a lot of friends say this about watching the NHL, like the guys are so big now and the defensemen are big and the pads are big that you know they can just pack it in front of the pack it in front of the net and you're just shooting into the other team's pads. You know? Yeah, but that's
0: playoff hockey, right? <laughs> and it's the best hockey when guys are packing and 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 charging the net and we see deflections off of weird shin pads and bounds. I love it. Yeah, I love that crash after during the regular season we don't see that that as often. Yeah. We get that whole different type of, of of um intensity in the playoffs. And I love it.
1: Yeah, it kinda sounds like my dad saying they should raise the uh the rim in the NBA. Every time he watches every time he watches basketball with me, he's like, Man, those guys are so big, they should raise the the, the rim. Leave like, leave all of this alone. Come on. <laughs> leave this alone. <laughs> yeah. You know? So that's just kind of, you know, old thinking, I think, a little bit there. Um that's about it. All I have for uh what about Yannick Hansen? You what? Like I guess he's in the KHL. He retired. Okay, he's done. Yeah, great. good Canuck. Were you gonna put him he, in well, the Ring of
0: Honor? No, he was just like when he when he announced his retirement, he was talking about like how Vancouver has become his home, yeah. and I I really liked like the sentiment there, right? Like he was here and he played, and he was great friends with the Sedin's and all of that sort of stuff, and he's always been a classy guy who obviously like when he got dealt, he. He still, like, felt like Vancouver was part of where he wanted to be and who he wanted to identify with, and I think that's classy. I I think Yannick Hansen was a pretty effective player for the Canucks, especially, like, during the, those runs, you know, being a, a third-line, fourth-line guy, but, like, man, like, he had speed. When he got on a breakaway, it was exciting. He was a fun player to watch. Sure. I mean, he'd sail it over the net from time to time when he was on
1: those breakaways, but... yeah. Yeah, yeah, Maybe I'm understating the time, the uh, the impact. Dude, the honey Yannick, badger, right? Nah, I never, I never liked the honey badger uh, reference. I thought that was taken already. And but he, th- got, everybody just threw it on. He him. got in
0: there and he was, he was mucking about, mucking for pucks, and like he had, he had it's a true. grit to his game. Like a, he's a Danish player too. You don't see yeah. too many Danes in the NHL. That's a good point. And I just thought, yeah. yeah, I just thought he deserved his due. So, congrats to Yannick Hansen for a
1: great career. Only 33 years old he retires at the age of 33 I thought that was interesting but you know when you're done you're done right yeah Caleb Kirby where can we find you you can find me at curbman 23 on Twitter you can find me at art Aronson on Twitter Instagram Facebook Uh, you can email us at between the stammers at gmail.com this between the stammers is um, it's uh, dedicated to Jason Jason Botchford uh, Longtime writer for the Vancouver Canucks, the province, TSN Radio, The Athletic. Um, we're going to miss uh, everything uh, that he brought to the Canuck family. Yeah, big time. Yeah, he was uh, only 48 years old, too. Uh, thanks for listening to uh, Between the Z.